0: Rolling along on a Friday, happy Friday to you, Jake Quarry, along with Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton here as well. It is Kevin and Quarry on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan, and of course, it is the ultimate weekend for the NFL, and that means going to the guy who is probably as synonymous with this game as anybody, and of course, in Indianapolis, you know him as the longtime kicker of the Colts, future Hall of Famer, and perfectly fitting. Yesterday was National Pizza Day, Adam Vinatieri, but... Uh, we're just going to extend that an extra day because DiGiorno's is making it possible for you to join us this morning. Good morning to you. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate you. Uh, first off, you know, I I want to clarify this for you like once and for all because people have laughed at me forever on this. And I want you to tell me if I'm neurotic or if I am accurate, Okay. I have always said that technically speaking, your name is Adam Vinatieri and everybody's like, no, 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 it's Vinatieri. I'm like, no, I get that. But I think if you were to go through his lineage, it's Vinatieri. Am I out of my mind?
1: You know what? I don't really mind how you, you know, my mom always said, why don't you correct them? And I said, as long as they're saying it, I really don't care if they're pronouncing it right or wrong, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, it's, we, we say Vinatieri, but I've heard a lot of people pronounce it with more enunciation. So if you want to call me Adam Vinatieri, knock yourself out. I don't mind either way. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it is spelled like that, Jake. It is. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. is. Italiano, Italian, right? Italians, that's Italians like throwing vowels all over the place. So what are <laughs> sure. you going to do? Well, right.
2: Not only future Hall of Famer, in my opinion, future first ballot Hall of Famer, he is Adam Vinatieri. And like Jake said, pretty fitting to have him on this week adam i I know in some way shape or form you've answered the question a million times but if you could walk us through the thought process on those two game winning kicks that you had and, and did you feel like super bowl wise when new england was going down the field and you ended up kicking those two game winners did what you felt on the sidelines of those two kicks was it any different than a game winner in week 13 against the titans
1: Well, yes and no. Honestly, I mean, the pressure and and you know what's on the line. So if you really start to think about that, then it can be overwhelming. You know, I think before the game started and the pregame warm-up stuff, for me, was kind of that, you know, you're getting goosebumps and you're thinking about what's going on. But I think when the game starts, it almost just becomes a normal game, Um, obviously with much larger stakes and, you know, bragging rights at the end if you win and all that stuff. But I tried not to think about, what it meant and more and just trusting the process of you know hey adam you've done this a million times in practice in the middle of july that kind of thing this is no different as far as the kick is concerned obviously a lot more implications on what it means if you make it or miss it but you know for me the only good thing about the the first uh the first Super Bowl game winner is 2 weeks before that we played in the the divisional snowball game and that one was very very difficult physically so this one when i got into that into the into the Super Bowl i was like no conditions you know it's a 48 yarder which is not a chip shot by any means but you don't have to worry about wind and snow and crazy footing and all that stuff so i re- really just kind of you know, kind of just zoned in and thought more about my technique and, you know, my particular swing thought of what I normally do to prepare for a kick. And then at that point, you just trust your your body in the process. You've done it a million times before. You just kind of you just kind of go with it. it. It sounds funny, but, I mean, I can remember, you know, what the guys were saying and doing on the field when we were getting lined up and what my holder said to me before I kicked and all that stuff. But it really is – it's really the, – the process doesn't change as long as you don't let your mind kind of mind-screw you a little bit. You know what I mean?
2: Jake, you know you've had a pretty good career when he has to clarify first That's right. Super Bowl game-winning right. kick, right?
1: You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, the second one was a little different. You know, we were expected to win that game, and it came down. End of the game, we're tied up. So the, I, would, I would almost say that there was more expectation, so a little bit more pressure on that. The, the first one when we were playing the the Rams, we were – Supposed to get our butts kicked. So we were the underdogs, and it was, we were playing from a different type of role. So just felt a little bit different as far as that's concerned. But there's nothing like winning your first Super Bowl. I mean, confetti coming down and everybody hugging and crying. And I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's super, super badass. You know, when you, Adam, when you've been to multiple Super
0: Bowls, uh, I'm curious your thoughts on this. And obviously, we have two franchises here in Kansas City and Philly that, you know, have a lot of guys that have played in multiple here. But which was, I guess, from from the first to the second which was the one thing that you think is the advantage for guys that have been through it just simply the stakes and the pressure of knowing everybody's watching that particular game or is it the week leading up to it all of the media requests and family and ticket requests and all of the auxiliary
1: stuff which one is more draining a hundred percent the second for sure i think i think you don't experience it's never like this except for Super Bowl week. So every day your media obligations are lots and lots more. And, and all of the, you know, the circus that comes around and, you know, the fanfare and the, you know, the security and all the, all the stuff that goes with it, not to mention your, your, your extra off the field stuff. You're trying to make sure all the family has their hotels and tickets and all, and you usually don't have to deal with a lot of that stuff. So, you know, I think, I think good coaches and good staffs make sure that, uh, here, listen. We're gonna get. We're gonna help you out. We're gonna get this all done. So by Wednesday, when we start our regular week practice stuff, all that crap is already taken care of. So you can just concentrate and think about football. And then at that, you still have all of the the obligations and everybody talking about. It. You turn on the TV and everybody's talking about the game. So it's just the hype and the buildup. The week is so draining that you're about Thursday. You're ready to play the game, and you're just you just can't wait to sunday to get there so he can finally play the game and get it going you
0: know you know the story and it, it may be adam urban legend at this point i don't know but the famous story from the niners back in the day is that joe montana is they're getting ready to go on their drive against the bengals mm-hmm. they're in the huddle mm-hmm. and he says like hey man did you guys see like john candy's in the stands and and that <laughs> loosened everybody right and everybody's like holy yeah. cow like this guy's cool and composed do yep. you have a particular moment you can share at any point in any of the games that you played in as a Patriot or a Colt, was there ever a moment you had where you thought to yourself, you know what, we're going to be all right. Cause this dude's pretty loose or this team's pretty loose. And that shows why.
1: Well, Brady was very much that way. I was never in the huddle with him, obviously. I mean, we weren't on the field at the same time, but I've heard a lot of stories about him, you know, talking and just being so calm and cool that, that a lot of the guys around you don't get overly excited. Like it's oh, it's just a normal, normal thing. Now, guys that were on the field with me at the time, you, you obviously you guys know I'm being in Indianapolis. Pat McAfee is the biggest clown on the planet, and I say that in a good way. He was always keeping it lighthearted and funny and jawing to the other guys on the field or saying something, whatever. And and that, like for me, like everybody, you know, nobody understands or knows what, what our communications are like, but sometimes it's just funny, silly stuff that gets kind of like, takes the pressure off and you just kind of giggle a little bit or whatever when we're out there. And, and then the next thing, you know, it's back to focus, but yeah, keeping it light usually helps a lot. The the pressure can get going. And if you can kind of just get that out of there and, and think about, uh, think about the process of doing your job, it makes it a heck of a lot easier. So yeah, there's a million different stories of, of what guys are saying and doing and that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's the, the, the most confident players and the best players are usually the funny ones that are out there that can can be serious and and focused and yet have a good time when they're doing it as well.
2: As clutch as they come, he is Adam Vinatieri. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. And, Adam, I know um... – when you look at the Colts season this year, individually, there weren't a lot of positives, but I would argue the biggest positive was the kicker. And that was chase McLaughlin. And he's a free agent now. And I would say he's an important re-sign for the Colts. Uh, Chase took over for you there to end that 2019 season. Curious, your thoughts on what you saw from chase this season. And I know he's lived in Indy for several years now, if your guys' paths have ever crossed.
1: We have, we've talked several times. We've, we've actually worked out together at times. Um, he's a he's a great human being and a very very good kicker as well so i think you're right i think he's a a definite re-sign back i think he had a really good year again and uh you know he's the right guy for the organization he does a he does a really nice job and and like i said he's not he's a quiet non-arrogant just he just goes out there and does his job and he does it very well and Me being an old school guy, I kind of like that. I know a lot of people in this world, this day and age, are more concerned about their Twitter followers and how many people they've got this and this and this. And Chase has never been that way. He was always about, you know, playing good football and helping his team win. And that's exactly what you're looking for. If If you have a kicker, you want a kicker, you need a kicker, he's the type of guy that you definitely want.
2: Now, when you say work out, last few pictures i've seen of you it looks like you're like <laughs> luke rhodes and quentin nelson with your workout plan
1: here uh care to share what
2: what, what the workout routine looks like for Terry because
1: it doesn't look like your average kicker well you know here's the deal you know when when you retire you have a little extra free time and with covid a couple of years back everybody sat around and ate and drank too much and and i got a, a couple extra pounds on me there for a while i said nope, i'm not going down that road i want to be a, a good looking 50 year old not a not a dad bought 50 year old. So, you know, I just, I just enjoy it. You know, it, it kind of helps me, you know, transition from football where you're, you're at the facilities for eight or 10 hours a day and you're working out every day and you're kicking and doing all that. Like for me, when I was at home sitting around, I was missing out on something. And I think working out and and lifting and doing that kind of stuff just really helped me kind of, even though I wasn't in the building, it kind of, it filled that hole that I was missing a little bit. And I really enjoy it. You know, my, my son is, Nineteen, and he thinks he's hot. He's hot to trot now, so he's trying to overtake dad. So we've got a little bit of family competitive. And I know there'll be a time really soon that he's gonna he's gonna overtake me. But I'm I'm kicking and fighting every bit of that I can. I hope hopefully he doesn't get it for a couple of years still Good for you, Dad. <laughs> okay. Speaking of family,
0: er, and Adam Terry by the way, is our guest on the Payless Suggers Hotline. Speaking of family, Adam, I always want to test Wikipedia. Wikipedia is all knowing, as we know, but sometimes there are fibs in there. I have two family. Yeah anecdotes I want to run past you as fact or fiction in the annals of Adam Vinatieri you ready okay yep Um, either your great I believe it would be your great grandfather essentially worked underneath Custer but had his life saved because he did not go to
1: the Battle of Bighorn fact or fiction 100 100% truth yep my great-grandfather great-great-grandfather came over from Italy and joined the military when he when he hit Ellis Island and because that was kind of the, the the job that was available for immigrants at the time he was also a piano maker back in Italy and Composed his own music and stuff. Early in their time, General George Custer met him, liked his music, liked him as a person, and made him General uh, General Custer's bandmaster. So, as they went across the Dakota territories and stuff like that, they they the the band stayed back at the at Fort Meade before the Battle of Little Bighorn, where all of the soldiers and everybody um, got killed. And thank goodness, I don't know if he had his children prior to that or after that, but. I very well may not have been here and ever broke any records in the NFL if he would have went on that fateful day. So that is fact.
0: Okay, that is fascinating, number one. Um, and number two – and by the way, it, Adam, aside from just the historical aspect of it, the story of a piano maker coming to the United States and then fulfilling you know, a dream for his family and then you become – you know what I mean? Yeah. The whole story is – kind of what it's all pretty about wild. right it's, a, it's, yeah, what it's all yeah about. pretty well um okay secondly you are or are not related
1: to evil knievel he's my mom he was my mom's second cousin so i if you want to go very far off on the on the family tree yes it's funny enough that i when he was still alive he used to send with christmas cards and stuff back and forth we would and he he congratulated me wish me luck before some of the super bowls back in the day so um don't have a lot of uh, a, a lot of personal experience with him other than some phone calls and stuff like that i know his son rob and stuff i've, I've met and talked to once or twice but uh yeah in fact very distant relative but uh, i guess it's on the family tree out there a little way
0: did you ever have the little toy that you wind up we're the same age i was born in 72 absolutely also. no yeah, doubt it would absolutely. go like eight feet and then stuff. fall over <laughs>
1: <laughs> I had all the poster on the wall with him on his, st- oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs>
2: Again, Adam and Terry, the future first bout Hall of Famer. he's with us here on behalf of DiGiorno's Doinks campaign. We'll get to him and Rob Gronkowski here in just a second. Adam, I, I know you are you know still close with certainly a lot of Colts inside of that building, even some players that were your you know former teammate. Again, from afar, what did you feel like led to the demise this season?
1: Um, you know, I, I feel like they've got a lot of really good players there, the skill levels there. I thought the defense played, you know, fairly well, kept them in the games and stuff. I just, you know, for one reason or another, I felt like the, that the, they were lacking a little bit maybe in the leadership side of it maybe. It, you know, it's not just one thing, you know. It was always just a little bit. You couldn't run the ball well enough. Uh, a lot of pressure on the quarterback, you know. They're, I, you know, I don't want I don't want to point fingers at anything. I just feel like – um, you know, leadership is is a huge thing, and every team that I've always that I've ever played for that have won championships have not only had good coach leadership, but player leadership too. Like you don't you don't have to tell a great player to go do this or to make sure they're on time or to go work out. These guys not only do it themselves, but they drag a couple of guys with them, so they elevate the team around. Peyton Manning, prime example of that. Tom Brady, prime example of that. And and all the teams that I've played on had. Self-motivating, you know, guys that wanted not only to be in the league and make money and all that stuff, but they wanted to take their team to the next level. And I, and I just, and I, I can't put my finger on it. I wasn't in the, the the facilities, but I just felt like maybe just a little bit of lack of leadership might have been the the, the, the demise this year.
2: Okay, as we let you go, I know you've been practicing with Rob Gronkowski. That's 6'7", 260-pound. Well, I I don't know what his playing weight is these days. Uh, For the $10 million kick via FanDuel that we will see on Sunday, Uh, give us your thoughts on Gronk as a kicker. Is he a toe basher at that size?
1: (laughs) Yeah, his form is not beautiful, I'm not going to lie, but he's not a, a natural kicker. He's got size 16 or 17 or 18 foot. So it probably makes it a little bit more difficult, but uh, yeah, he's kind of a mixture between soccer style and, and uh toe bashing, whatever. Uh, when we worked together, I tried to coach him up a little bit. And then I realized, listen, I'm not going to turn him into an NFL kicker. Uh, we just need to make a kick when it counts. So <laughs> we've been working a little bit. I, you know, he's a, he's a professional that wants to do well. So I think he's going to go out there and, and make his kick. And hopefully a bunch of people, uh, you know, make a bunch of m- bunch of money from FanDuel, so that's all. And here, and with the with the campaign I'm doing right now with DiGiorno's Doinks, um, any any kick, field goal, or PAT missed, or, or that Doinks the upright doesn't matter if they miss it or make it. Uh, DiGiorno's is giving free pizza, and the only reason nice. I put those together, well, and then yeah, all you have to do is visit DiGiorno'sDoinks.com for a chance to be a part of that. And I'm finding out because since he's kicking in the middle of the third quarter. I'm just curious if he doinks it. I, you know, I'm getting. I got to find out by legal. But uh, I think uh, I think yeah. people should get some free pizza Heck if he doinks yeah. it too. But he better doink it, but he better make it too though. So right,
0: Harrison <laughs> Bucker,
1: coach, so dang it, he better do it. Hey,
0: Vanderjagt did that on Monday Night Football in Tampa. You doink it, it goes through. It's still three points.
1: That's right, exactly Jake, right. Jake Elliott, Harrison
0: Bucker, it, drunk. I, sorry.
2: No, I was just gonna say we got to be cheer, cheer for the kisses from Harrison Butker and Jake Elliott coming up on Sunday.
1: That's exactly right. And if they double doink it and kiss it in, I don't think they get double pizza. I just think it's just, <laughs> just don't 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 uh, look a gift horse in the mouth. Just enjoy your pizza. <laughs> Amen. Hey, no better person to have on
2: 48 hours before Super Bowl Sunday than the clutchest of all time. That is Adam Vinatieri. Adam, safe travels back to Indy, and we'd love to have you on again uh, here coming up later this year. You
1: betcha. Thank you, guys. Take care.